AI picture is really creepy the fuck out. Am I alone in this? Like, um, they can get pretty creepy. Like, everyone keeps doing this. One, apparently the copyright stuff for those images is kind of creepy and not clear. Two, um, people need to stop letting them see their fingers. Because they do weird things with fingers that haunt me. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm scared of these people. Hello, welcome to the VG Weekly Roundup, your number one unranked weekly video game podcast every Tuesday at 8.30ish p.m. Central Time and Thursday at 8 p.m. Central Time. We come to you live for our collection of the week's biggest gaming news, most topics, and what we've been playing right here at twitch.tv slash C-L-O-S-P. Please remember if Amazon Prime, you have Prime Gaming and one free monthly Twitch sub for any channel. We will be a channel for you, but if not, that's okay. You can still support us by liking, rating, sharing, and following the podcast on all your favorite podcast services. That's Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and many, many more. Like, literally, just, just Google the name VG Weekly Roundup on whatever podcast service you want. We are probably there, and I don't even know it. Like, I I don't even know where y'all finding us no more. Like, we're just out there. We're just out there. But you can also follow us on Twitter and YouTube. That's going to be at VG Weekly. I don't know, at VG Weeb Weekly. My, my bad. My bad. Um, a little bit of housekeeping for y'all. Next week, we will be doing, once again, our regular Tuesday show. But then Thursday will, once again, be the full-on uh, reacts to the Game Awards. Myself, Ultima, and Minus uh, doing uh, his farewell before going on a well-needed leave for... Uh, the pappy roll. A little baboo. Mm-hmm. And we will also, for those who watch it, we will not be having we will trash talk next Wednesday as I will be taking that day off to go ahead and prep for VGAs that day. I'm also probably going to sleep. I'm not going to lie to y'all. I'm going to sleep like fucking a lot. Like just, 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 just fucking like the dead. Um, It's just going to happen that way. I'm your host. Tilo's P. You can call it P. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, the resident speedrunner, wannabe game dev, minus of at minus twenty seven on Twitch. That's me, and almost with a little baboo. You know, I just thought about this. I'm arranging to have guests come on to fill your spot on the Thursday show. I gotta make more of these fucking slogans for different people. Oh, you might have to. Yep. Ah, what did I agree to that? <laughs> anyway, you know what? All things sound better in the head. <clears throat> this is episode 26 on Thursday, the 1st of December, which is some bullshit. It's, it's, I... How are we here? Like, like in December? Like, I... We were just getting into the fall seasons, weren't we? Uh, the the fall seasons fly by. I mean, especially down here. There's no fall. It's just warm, warm cold. Right? Like, it is... Let me, let me check this right now. It is 48 degrees, apparently, right now. Uh, yeah. Feels like 48 degrees. No, it fucking don't. If this is 48 degrees, I'm, I want my goddamn money back. Ugh. <sighs> Yeah. Why am why am I not cold? Let me be cold, goddammit. I'm relatively toasty. I'm not okay with it. I'm not okay with it. I like I like this time of year. I like it when it starts getting cool. I like it too. I just want to be able to fucking feel it, goddammit. <laughs> yeah, and I did see it's supposed to supposed to get warm again. Uh no. We'll no more of this shit. God damn it. Oh, yeah, tomorrow is 70. God. Ah, then next week we start going back into... <laughs> I hates it. I hates it. Anyway. 
Um, this week we got more news for you about the Microsoft acquisition of Activision and how um, it's going to happen, but it's going to be a hell of a show before we get there. We got reactions to the new Mario trailer, new Mario movie trailer, and we've got which is a panic button, the shield mode. I'm going to cover all that for you in the coming minutes, time, show, thing. Folks, once again, your boy's on his last legs before the end of this goddamn year. We take the week off. We take three weeks off. Like, don't blame me. Blame the Adderall shortage because it's it's. It, I'm a, I'm ta- I'm hidden. I'm I'm out there, folks. I'm I'm out there. We trying to land. It's not working. Um, <clears throat> before we get into all of that, we start to week with what we always do: the what we've been playing. Minus has not had that time right now, because obviously, you know, got kind of more important things to do right now, currently. But I have had that time. I have had all that time. I barely used any of it, but I had that time. And in that time, I finally started, well, again, I've been meaning to play for like a month now. We finally found time for it. I started playing Midnight Fight Express. So, <clears throat> for those that don't know, you know what might help with this if I had the description up and going already. Because ever since Minus First did that, now I, I feel like a chump anytime I don't do it. And so, okay. <laughs> like, it, it, it's affected us all. We're just like, okay. Um, let's see here. Let's see, let's see, yeah. Uh, a former member of the criminal underworld is lured back into life by a mysterious drone claiming they they have until sunrise to prevent a citywide criminal takeover together. Let's see here. Midnight Fight Express is a modern beat-em-up with extensive motion capture animations that bring its frenetic combat to life in a uh, wince inducing satisfaction basically think you could almost think it almost feels like a twin stick uh shooter but as a brawler instead where it's very um it's not not roguelike not not really at all but it's very much here's your basic combat controls you know and here counters all that and you go through 40 levels of just here are smaller you know not very large or big things impressive of you're going through and you're just fighting, get ragdoll physics in there, of just straight up like almost Arkham-esque combat with the use of diff- whatever is around you. Getting different combos, di- getting different counters, using items, different ways to fight. Like you just initially just start off with the whole idea of like punch, 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 and heavy punch. And then you can go into here's a counter, here's a grab, here's a grab into a takedown, here's a grab into more beatings, here's a way to go ahead and like kick items at people as you're fighting them, uh, different ways to do counters, so like take them to the ground or just, you know, throw them in the air, things of that nature. And I will say um, it's it's very indie. I wish it had voice acting because I'm, I'm sure the story behind this sounded really good in their heads, but I really can't get behind it. Um, partially because, again, I'm on my last goddamn legs, so I'm not I'm not good with narrative right now. Like if if you're making me read something, I gotta tell y'all, it's 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 going in like it's barely getting into one year, and I, it doesn't even get out the other. It just kind of just slumps over and dies in the one year, and just you ne- it's never heard from or seen again. So not a good time to have me reading all of your story. Um, but, I mean, it's cool. It's very, um, you know, you wake up and you get told, basically, your sleeper agent used to be, like, a really bad dude. But uh, at some point, you left, and now you've been reawakened to help stop this a citywide takeover. And you're just going around all these different locations, you know, back alley streets, sewers, on airplanes, on trains. Um, and you're just fighting these different mobs on there as they keep growing over and over and over again. Uh, at one point, I think it's it's kind of funny in terms of like what all you could go ahead and do and customize. At at one point, you even like uh, you're at a a game launch at midnight, and it's time to like you know chill out, calm down because you're gonna have some talk narrative wise. 
Uh, but of course, because they have to keep it still, you know, action packed. It's like, okay, well, you accidentally get invited into this game studio at a launch cycle, and it becomes after all this killing and uh, stealing and just blood and violence ever you've had up until that point. Uh, giant pillow fight. And that, that level just becomes, you you're, you you beat the shit out of an entire AAA studio in a massive pillow fight. And nerf guns instead of regular guns. <clears throat> and it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful chaos. I'm really enjoying it. It's uh, not a game changer at all, uh, but I do recommend if you just want something like cool, the levels are not long. They're like maybe five minutes a level, maybe, depending on how you play. Um, even if you do die, you come right back to where you were pretty easily. It's not trying to be soulsy or anything. It, it, it knows exactly what it is, and it is perfect because of that. It's literally just like, yeah, no. You're just here to unwind, and it's and that's exactly what I use it for. It's a good unwinding game to like just get to you know the tail end of your day and let yourself relax with some gratuitous violence. I can think of no better way to relax. I'm saying. Also, it has really good fucking music. It has really good fucking music. Like, damn. I I. I think the soundtrack might be on Steam. I might make that a thing where I go buy that. If it's there, I'm going to end up buying it. Um, but yeah, that was me in Midnight Fight Express. Minus any questions? No, you kind of covered it. I was gonna. I was curious what your thoughts were on like where it landed mm-hmm. on like your on your scale of fighters. It sounds like it's pretty like middle of the road. Yeah, it's very basic. Again, it is not difficult, and it's not trying to be difficult. It's literally just like, here, here's an indie beat-em-up brawler. Like, just have fun with it. That's, you know what? That's all I needed to be. I didn't, as someone who played Sifu earlier in the year, and initially really liked it until I realized it's just a really bad Souls game, uh, but in martial arts, and ended up not liking it as much after the fact when I realized how, oh, the real focus here is the is the bosses, and... They don't really have great boss design, so it became very much like the level was the the how quickly can you get back to the boss that you're gonna die to a lot, uh, instead of actually having interesting bosses. Uh, like that was at a certain point, I felt like it tried too hard, or it just wasn't able to try hard enough because they just didn't really have the mindset for that. So coming to this, of uh, this is a, just a very simple uh, top-down brawler. That is still very good action, uh, nice fun story, and just easy to like just jump in and get into. It's exactly what I needed. It's it's just a it's it's a fun time. That literally that's it. I'm gonna tell y'all right now. You're not getting game of the year here. You're not getting um, the next big thing. You're gonna tell everybody you know about. It, it's just a really fun brawl. Like if you want just to have some fun arcadey uh, enjoyment. Again, I use it as my go to sleep game. It's what I do before I turn in for the night. That's what it is. And it does it great. It does it great. With that, we're going to move on to this week's news. Folks, I don't know how to tell you all this, but um, you're never going to stop the billionaires are making money. A little short of killing them. So I don't know why, why everybody's trying so goddamn hard here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and basically do a two for here. We're going to cover two stories back-to-back, both about the Microsoft acquisition of Activision and hurdles it's facing and how it's probably still going to overcome it. So bear with me a little bit here. Right, we're going to go from one story into the next, and then we're going to go ahead and talk about both. Cool? Cool. Let me get a swig of water real quick, and we'll get started on that. Ah, it's a big beast we're talking about. Ah, H2O. H2O. Ah. All right, first up, from Josh, Josh Sicko, or Cisco's. Okay, Josh Cisco. I thought they said Sicko. That's that's a crazy-ass name. Okay. Uh, Fed's likely to challenge Microsoft's $69 billion Activision takeover. This is nice. fun political. 
Yeah, and you know what? I like it. I li- I like it because we never really get to do the fancy news sites. It, it's pretty much VGC and all that. But you know, love them to death. Love them to death. But you know, we're sourcing political, folks. We're sourcing political. Uh, we're awesome. Who says we're not grown ups? Anyway, as the story goes, the Federal Trade Commission is likely to file an antitrust lawsuit to block Microsoft's $69 billion takeover of video game giant Activision Blizzard, maker of the hit games Call of Duty and Candy Crush. I like how it's still a hit game. Like, Call of Duty doesn't die. But just so we're clear here, Candy Crush is still out here killing it. It's, it's hard to believe. And at the same time, it's not. Like, goddamn. Mobile market. That's where it's at. Woo. According to three people with knowledge of the matter, a lawsuit would be the FTC's biggest move yet under Chair Lena Khan to rein in the power of the world's largest technology companies. Hold on. Okay. Hold. Ah, you gotta be kidding me here. My monitor might want to turn off on me suddenly. Not the monitor. We need yeah. that for seeing. Yeah. Uh, it the, the, it wants to refresh the pixels right now. It's like there's no way to like say deny it. Okay. I don't know what to do next. Um. Uh, folks, this wasn't the plan. This is not a bit. This just happened right now. Um, do you want me to keep reading it while? Uh, yeah, why don't you go ahead and keep reading? Because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know how I'm getting this back or not. Oh. I can do that. All right. So, so while while P's uh, monitor is figuring out its life, uh, just to continuing off that, talking about the new chair of the FTC, Lena Khan, and uh, an attempt to rein in the power of the world's largest tech companies. Uh, it would also be a major black mark for Microsoft, which has positioned itself as a white knight of sorts on antitrust issues in the tech sector. Uh, after going through its own grueling regulatory antitrust battles around the world more than two decades ago, a lawsuit challenging the deal is not guaranteed, and the FTC's four commissioners have yet to vote out a complaint or meet with lawyers for the companies, two of the people have said. However, the FTC staff reviewing the deal are skeptical of the company's arguments, those people said. The the investigation remains ongoing, but much of the heavy lifting is completed, including uh, depositions of Microsoft's chief executive, Satya Nadella, and Activision head Bobby Kotick. The people who, with knowledge of the investigation said, "If if the agency does move ahead with its case, it could come as soon as next month, said the people, all of whom were granted anonymity to discuss a confidential matter. Central to the FTC's concerns is whether acquiring Activision will give Microsoft an unfair boost in the video game market. Microsoft's Xbox is number three in the industry, leading Sony Interactive and its PlayStation console. Sony, however, has emerged as the deal's primary opponent telling the FTC and regulators in other countries that if Microsoft made hit games like Call of Duty exclusive to its platform, Sony would be significantly disadvantaged. The FTC declined to comment. I got to back up. And just real quick, actually, let me double check that. Let me make sure we they haven't updated that. I haven't checked this back in a few days. You want to see if they commented? That would be interesting yeah. to know. Uh, let's see. Yeah, it's just surprising to hear how much we've heard and also how little action's been taken. So, I didn't add. That's odd. Did it? Does, does political keep adding to their articles after they're done? Because this is a whole new, like, several paragraphs here that were not there before last time. I think. Yeah, I don't know. they'll have you a tendency what? to edit on. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Uh, they didn't. I don't see any quotes in here, so we're not going to freak out about it. Uh, I have the page back up on another monitors because I have several of them here. Um, you see, you see, there's a point to all fucking 15 monitors I have. There's, there's, <laughs> they're, they're for emergencies. I don't want to ever hear anyone ever give me shit again. Um, 
but yeah, maybe pick up on the next article, also continuing on to the points of this uh, acquisition. Uh, this is going to be from Eddie Mackich at GameSpot. Microsoft to reportedly make concessions, including a 10-year deal with PlayStation to get Activision Blizzard deal done. Microsoft's attempt to acquire Activision Blizzard has faced a good amount of scrutiny and pressure from regulators and lawmakers. And to help get the deal done, Microsoft could make some concessions. According to routers, one such concession could be a lengthy licensing deal for PlayStation. Citing a source, the reports that Microsoft's main remedy to regulators at the European Commission would be a 10-year licensing deal with Sony. That's all the report had to offer on the matter, but pre presumably this pertains to the Call of Duty series that Sony has caused a stir about over exclusivity. The New York Times reported that on November 11th, Microsoft offered Sony a 10-year deal for Call of Duty on PlayStation. Microsoft offering up a concession like this could help the deal get over the line. Uh, Stephanie Donnett, a partner at McDormand, Will & Emery, told Routers, it also might be enough given the scope of the deal and the extent of concerns from regulators, not just about Call of Duty, but other elements, Dynet said. The European Commission will publish a decision on April 11th, and it's just one regulatory body that needs to approve a deal or not. A spokesperson for Microsoft told routers that the company continues to be committed to launching Call of Duty games on the same day on Xbox and PlayStation consoles. We want people to have more access to games, not less, the Microsoft spokesperson said. So, when these stories came out, of course, you know, it gets the clicks. Doom and gloom. People want to make, oh, what if it's not going to happen? What if it's not going to happen? Here's what's going to happen. Is it going to mean anything to have a deal? It's going to happen. It's literally going to happen. Sony, at this point, cannot afford to not have this happen. Because as we mentioned before in the podcast, and the past year that we've been covering this, Microsoft's all big money deals they've been making right now has not been to conquer or even compete with PlayStation and Sony. They're not doing that anymore. They're doing this preemptively to keep groups like Google and Amazon out. If this does not go through, if Microsoft, who actually has interest in games, aren't the ones that are in here spending their money keeping the other groups out, that means they're going to get in. And when they get in and decide they're just going to copy-paste everything with their enormously and vastly more immense amounts of money, any, any other way to say big, like, they all got more money than Sony. By a lot. If Sony don't let Microsoft do what they got to do to keep them out, they're fucked. Because all Sony's got is really their exclusives. That are, That strategy has shown its weakness now that Microsoft decided, has decided to play, hey, you know what? Huh. We're bigger than you. Like, like they decided to wake up and, and realize, hey, we can just bully you. And yeah, that, it, it needs to happen. If, if this were not to happen and the other groups come in, Sony's in trouble at that point. So they need to let this happen. So that's going to happen. Um, the whole deal with Call of Duty, yeah, I'm sure it's going to be the case. Like, But it's the thing. Nothing about that. Everyone's making a big deal. Like, oh, it's unfair for them to have Call of Duty. Call of Duty, Call of Duty. That's not Microsoft's fault, actually. And I don't mean to take another corporate side over that. I just mean, like, you can't hold them responsible for the fact that Sony has never been competent enough to create a competitor to Microsoft's in the shooting genre. Like, hell, even Microsoft, like, their Halo, the game is Halo, you know? Like, they... They still make it. They still put the money into it and all that. Absolutely. But ultimately, yeah, Call of Duty sells better, but they still got the money in there. They still got a big name in there. They're, Sony doesn't have that competitive game, that, you know, XYZ game, because they chose not to make it. They chose, they choose not to spend the resources on it. They gave up on Killzone because they couldn't make it work. They went in on, hey, we're going to build this massive success around a third-party title that we do not control or own. And even then, as the, the multiple stories we've covered in the podcast over the past year of they're doing things such as buying uh, Bungie, 
but only as partners so they can still go ahead and not infringe on their exclusivity or their um their freedom but they are hiring them to bring them on as experts to help them make more life service games so maybe not call of duty uh replacement but games that are ongoing so they have a plan to go ahead and do this because they knew they know they need to have they have to do this along with the fact that they're moving their exclusive titles more and more frequently and in quicker and quicker fashion to be on PC as well. So it's going to happen for the simple fact of Sony already now realizes like, oh, okay, can't compete. We're going to have to go ahead and do things another way as well. But like ultimately, it's going to come down to you You get that it's no one's fault that you don't have, a, you know, a successful game that's as big as Call of Duty. Like Halo's not as big as Call of Duty, but it's still a cherished and profitable franchise in that shooter genre. And it's no one's fault that Sony doesn't have that. Because you know who else doesn't have a Call of Duty? Nintendo. I think Nintendo does just fine. Exactly. You know, you know how many games I've bought in the past year that are exclusive to Nintendo? Like five. You want to know how many games I bought of exclusivity from Sony? None. They just didn't have the ones I wanted. They have like they had like two, technically three games for the Last of Us remake, and I just didn't feel like buying them this year. So that's that's a choice they made uh, willingly, and I don't think it's going to hold up in court. They go back and say, "Yeah, but like if you let them do this, we don't have anything to compete." They're going to be like, "Why? If you knew you needed this product to compete, why didn't you make this product to compete?" Like. It's all a matter of choice. And then with the feds and everything, like, they don't really care. <laughs> they really don't care. <laughs> They're not going to stop it. <laughs> like, it's just everything that needs to happen is going to happen. Like, this whole deal of, like, oh, yeah, hold on to Call of Duty for 10 years. Sure. Because at that point, who even knows if Phil Spencer is still there in 10 years? To be the good guy Xbox anymore, but that's all that. Regardless, and it doesn't happen now. It's just gonna happen again in the future when groups like uh, again Amazon and Google come in, and suddenly it's like, oh, who cares if Sony is complaining about this because the market is not too small because of the existence of Amazon and Google. I've been looking through the Politico article that we mm-hmm. uh, referenced in the first part, and I was reading some of the additional stuff that was added on there. Yeah. Um, and 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 some of it opens, some some of it like leads into a little bit deeper discussion on it. I, mm-hmm. I still, when I think about the opposition of this merger, and I think any other reasons, like you you'd heard about it in the article you just read, but it talks about it in here, and it says. The FTC's concerns extend beyond Call of Duty, and investigators are trying to determine how Microsoft could leverage future unannounced titles to boost its gaming business. Um, to which Activision comes back in a quote and says, any suggestion that the transaction could lead to anti-cop effects is completely absurd. This merger will benefit gamers in the U.S. gaming industry, especially as we face increasingly stiff competition from abroad. And when I think about that, I think... I. I if 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 I look at Activision Blizzard and I start thinking about the other companies, uh, and I know Bethesda and, and Microsoft's in bed together, uh, but I mean that's a good point. You know, some of the the overseas, some of the the companies that that aren't based here, that uh, are still considered competition. I don't really hear about them. Yeah, in a lot of these talks. So for those who call up, because you weren't here for my minus, uh, we actually cover the story of. Um, it was Sony made the decision that they're going to double down on the deal they have of uh, licensing and publishing games that are in China. So we're we're seeing more money from them themselves into game companies, <clears throat> at, not in the West. Because technically, as people forget, Sony's not a Western company. Like mm-hmm. people people forget that they they actually are. Um, are they predominant? They're predominant Japanese. They have to be, right? Like I, I forget that sometimes. I know people assume that a lot, 
but let me double check. Yeah, no, it's a yeah, Japanese yeah, multinational film. Yeah. yeah, okay, it was. I, 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 I know that might sound really stupid to some people. You would be surprised where some of the biggest companies know acts originated from, as opposed to how they made their identity around. So, yeah, that that's why that's why that happened. But anyway, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting to see uh, as the political article goes on. It talks a little mm-hmm. bit about well, Microsoft. Uh, talking a little bit about it, David Cuddy says that they're prepared to address the concerns of regulators, including the FTC and Sony, to ensure the deal closes with confidence. Now, they say something here next that I think is an interesting takeaway and leads a little bit into that. But it says, we'll still trail Sony and Tencent in the market after the deal closes. And together, Activision and Xbox will benefit gamers and developers to make the industry more competitive. I'm assuming, at least from Sony's perspective, they're talking about Sony as a whole, right? Because yeah. I know when we talk about Sony, we talk most most about their gaming division yeah. and everything. But like Sony as a whole is a massive company that spreads across many different industries. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess I see their point there. Tencent, I think, is a great example. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ten, Tencent, who I actually haven't heard their opinion on this matter, but another huge company that... I would argue ha- may have some stake in this if they choose to. So, well, that's the thing though. Um, um, they could because they got the money. They do have the money. Like, because I think people forget about Tencent because of the fact that Tencent doesn't have a console. They have not always been the rival to Sony. Because I think it goes back to the quote, like way back in the original Xbox of Bill Gates saying, if we thought the Xbox was only going to be for video games, we wouldn't have made it. The plan has always been to have it be more. They're in a position now where they know it can be more and doesn't have to be hardware. Like, as we've mentioned in the past few weeks, that we've done articles of like how they shelved the idea for a streaming device for games because they were like, you know what? That's going to be more hardware, more money. We don't need to do that. We don't need to add in another piece of equipment for people to buy because we feel like we've already... like. I think it was a story you and I covered of they've met their saturation point for hardware. They're not gonna get they're not gonna get more. So or they don't feel like it's really gonna be a significant growth ever again in there. So instead they decided reinvest that money in that team into getting a streaming app on smart TVs to plus the service instead. So they're just finding new ways of like, you know what? Again, the console war has never been worth it. Now it really is worthless. Mm-hmm. And I I'm sorry to break this all you folks, but uh you know who won the console wars? The billionaires in charge of the companies that made them. They're the real winners. You just gave them money. Congratulations. Your your uh your medals in the mail. Uh <laughs> but I'm sorry, your your participation uh your participation trophies are in the mail, so have fun with that. Uh but like again, a ten cent is there that they're a giant fucking company. They're buying a lot of companies. They're getting like major stakes in there. So like that is another big thing. Like the idea is, you know, I say Google and Amazon because they've already made moves in the game market beforehand. Not perfect, but they've made moves, plain and simple. And even then, every move they've made, as heartless, stupid, and dumb as it has been, uh, it hasn't cost them anything. Their attempts have failed, and they have felt nothing for those failures. Because they just have that much money to throw around. They can fail on that level. And still be a threat to come back. So all of that. Again. It's just very much cementing the fact that I think people. That we're having to wake up to. If you really care about this thing. Of like. Sony ain't got that much power. Like. Uh, we're kind of just really seeing how. You know. Big the pond is. And. uh Sony looking like another minnow, like Nintendo at this point. If uh, if anyone's looking for a light in the end of this really long acqui- like acquisition tunnel, um, it's good to know that the deal actually has an expiration date on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the companies have until July to close the deal without renegotiating the agreement. Uh, and so it says at the end of the article that we were reading here, an administrative lawsuit filed later this year or in January would likely not be resolved. 
by July and could potentially force the companies to abandon the deal. So if anyone was interested how this could be as impactful, it all just depends on how it plays out. Yeah. Uh, but even even administrative stuff like that. And I suppose that still it doesn't inherently kill anything. It merely postpones it. But it sounds like something's going to have to happen in the next six, seven months uh, before. You yeah, know. I again, so there's if, a light there. If it were not to happen, were they forced to simply renegotiate? That's exactly what they would do. They would just restart with renegotiating. It's going to happen. They're going to keep pushing it until it happens because who's going to compete with Microsoft on it at this point? Like, all they got to do is keep re-offering to do the deal until the deal works. They just got to keep resetting it. So I don't see it expiring to that point on there. I see it like everyone is just going to get what they know is the best they could get and just go from there. Uh, but yeah, no, that is the truth. Yeah, at, at least I put my money more so on they're going to solve it this time. So by July of 2023, it's 2023, right? That's right. Yeah. By then we're going to see the finalization of it. Now, when that means, oh, hey, everything has happened, happened. That's to be determined after the fact, I believe, I would think. Mm. But like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't see a renegotiation. I think everyone's going to get what they know they need to get or what they hope to get as best they can get it before then. Yeah. Some fun news. Well, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit then. Uh, break away from Microsoft and Activision. Let them keep playing that game over there. Talk about something uh, a, a little bit newer. Uh, we'll talk about the Super Mario Bros. movie. Uh, actually, is set to debut in March. This is uh, Marie. Delisandri over at uh, GameIndustry.biz. All right. The Super Mario Bros. movie will be releasing in several territories at the end of March 2023, ahead of a second wave of releases in the first week of April. As reported by VGC, Universal, Stu Universal Pictures confirmed yesterday that the upcoming Nintendo and Illumination movie will be releasing as early as March 22nd, 2023 in Belgium. On March 23rd, it will release in Switzerland before Austria and Sweden in March 24th and France, March 29th. Most of South America will see the film release on March 30th, same as Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. And then on April 6th, the Super Mario Brothers movie will launch in the rest of South America and Italy before a US release in April 7th. Finally, it'll launch in Japan, April 27th. So that's just a list of uh, of suspected release dates for the movie uh, globally. And so I I don't follow the movie industry as much as I used to anymore. I mm -hmm. don't remember. I, I, I knew about a lot of the disparity between like the release dates in the U.S. versus Japan. And I guess that's mostly what I follow. But the rest of the like the European countries and and everywhere else, Australia and. I, I guess I didn't follow as much to know like the differences in dates for them. I, I, I guess I was initially surprised to see that it released so much earlier for, you know, parts of Europe and everything. Right. Like also why is Japan last? I'm still thrown by that. Like why is Japan last as a, as a Nintendo market? I guess that also does surprise me. I don't know. And with that post you put up earlier with the Japanese voice actor, I'm telling you. I'm about it. I'm going to find it, and I'm going to watch it in Japanese. I swear. I haven't had so much fun watching a movie dubbed in Japanese since Deadpool. I, that's a thing. Oh, oh yes. I saw it on a flight to London uh, years ago, and it was one of the greatest things I ever watched. I'll have to see about that. Okay. Okay. Well, no, because like the, the voice actor they have for Mario... For those who don't know, uh, in terms of like, oh, what kind of roles does he normally get? Uh, he's Riku. He's a Japanese Riku from Kingdom Hearts 2, or Kingdom Hearts series. So yeah, that's the kind of voice. That sultry, low-tone voice. They got him doing Mario. We got an edgelord Mario, man. That then got slapped around. Like, I, I love it. it. Oh, like, it's so good. They got, they're going to have the ladies feeling some cer certain way about Mario's voice in Japan. Yeah. Yes, because he's just so he's just so hot and sexy over there. 
and uh, honestly, I'm about it, and I I get it, and I, I I find it the irony is not lost on me when simultaneously, and I will admit this, I I, I do spend myself a little bit in the camp of cringe worthy when it comes to listening to Chris Pratt's voice on yeah. Mario. Yeah. Um. Even though it's honestly the same thing in our culture. Yeah. Uh. So so I I I, I see I see it there, and it, it's something that I am just personally like as I watch these new trailers, the new one that launched recently. I watched it, the movie itself, and a lot of it. I am so excited about. Every time right. I hear Chris Pratt talk, I just get these kind of like weird goosebump, like cringy feelings. And I'm just like, ah, I don't know how I feel about that. But honestly, the rest of it, I love Jack Black as Bowser. Uh, yeah. I can't get enough of Jack Black as Bowser. I even love Charlie Day as Luigi. Uh, I think that is the funniest move I've seen in a while. And I am about it. Yeah. And here's the thing about it. The movie is apparently only going to be like 84 minutes long. Those, it's not going to be your typical like two-hour super event movie. It's just going to be like a fun like Super Mario movie. So they just know what they're doing on there. Which like Thank I think God, it's just, by the way, yeah, like, and they do like I love it because they they even already hit in the trailers of the different universes. So they're already teasing Mario galaxies, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm about it. Let's fucking go. I love yeah. the fact that I actually like the fact they they redesigned DK to make him a bit more like his original. DK look. Um, don't be wrong. I much prefer, you know, our usual DK look, but this is kind of cool for the movie. It's a fun little like thing to do for the movie, honestly. And all those the the callbacks to different games, the Smash Bros, the Mario Karts, the 64, like all of that. It's so it's so cool. It's so awesome. I love it to death. Um like yeah, everything about the movie just made me happy. The only thing that kind of threw me out of it was the times that yeah, Chris Pratt talked. Yeah, and 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 I I recognize the problem I have that that the problem I have with it is a problem that is not solvable, and I I guess that's why I just don't harp on it too much. I'm excited yeah. for the movie. Period. Yeah, I recognize that when when I hear Chris Pratt when I hear Chris Pratt doing like that line on the bridge with DK in that kind of like lower kind of serious tone. And then I later hear him on the track in the Mario Kart section, and he's more like uppity and Yahoo. And both times make me cringe. I realize I have a problem. Yeah, it's it's a it's a very cultural thing. I'm like, it's he's too big and well known. It's already been made too big of a deal to really separate him from the character. Yeah, like, it's it, it's unfortunate. And it's something that I admit that bothers me, but I will get over because yeah, I do want to see this movie, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's 84 minutes. I'll get over it. It's Yeah. <laughs> I'm not suffering through something for like two and a half hours. It's 84 minutes of what's ultimately a kid's movie about a franchise I really love. But it's, like it's going to be an actual entertaining movie for me as well. Like, yeah. I see the gems being yeah. laid out. I can see them in little pieces, and I'm really excited. I think the humor is going to be there. I think the toads are going to be spot on. Um, mm -hmm. What they're doing with what, what they're doing with Peach is, I mean, great. She's she, badass. Yeah. Awesome. No, and think Peach. about it. Like for the people getting mad about that, people have made really good points of Peach has always been the smart one. Mario has always been a dumbass. Like the original in the the first thing you do in the original Mario Brothers is, hey, you need to step on this thing to learn how to do things. Like it's literally about teaching you how to survive in this world because Mario's an idiot. Again, people forget Mario went to the wrong goddamn castle. <laughs> like seven or eight times. Yeah. <laughs> like continuously like, even I, in, the, in the older media of like yeah. the mario comics people have been passing around like they make a very good point i remember because i own i think i own it specifically one of the comics they're showing on there of like yeah in the actual like extended universe mario stuff like they tried to make you know like a narrative and everything peach is a badass like she's fully competent she's fully aware of she saves herself and escapes and thwarts the, the deals whereas mario and luigi are kind of just like goofballs they nod a lot do some jumps and then they go and they beat up bad guys exactly and, and so i mean the you make a good point like i know when i originally saw it and i thought like man a serious mario kind of feels uh off from the persona i guess i've built of him but then when i start looking back and back further i realize i mean the like the shows in i think it was the 80s 
old 80s shows too like Mm -hmm. they were funny they were goofy they've just been goofy um and so yeah i'm just telling myself i get over it yeah it's always been this mario going on different adventures and whatnot like if anything this lends context the idea of mario sunshine and it was like, hey, Mario, go on vacation, was really just Peach being like, hey, Mario, get the fuck out of my hair. <laughs> like, and I kind of love that. Like, I just, I'm about it. I'm really about it. Yeah. So, and April is not too far off. Not too far away. So that's, I mean, 2023, a 2023 release for me is pleasant news. Yeah. Like, now, I'm so used to to doing news on games that like years down the road after seeing trailers is what I'm used to. So seeing trailers and then saying, Oh, it's coming out next year. Or I mean, at this point it's coming out in four, five months. Yeah, basically. So yeah, cause we're in December now. So that's, that's five months. Yeah. We're on, we're on month 12 and that's going to be month four. That's right. Maths. <laughs> that's the good old Ed Texas public education systems accounts good um so yeah i'm happy about it good to see the dates yep yeah i'm happy about it. i really am like i'm just happy about it like it it made me happy like let's go let's go let's go let's let's go god damn it (laughs) fuck off I can't wait, dude. I can't wait to find a dub of that. Oh, and Cocaine so Bear sorry. are going to be my fucking movies of the year next year. I watched that trailer you sent me, and I, I'm still reeling from... It's like a whole, like, what the fuck did I just watch moment? Folks, go watch the trailer for Cocaine Bear. If you love Super Mario Bros., you're going to fucking love Cocaine Bear. If you love cocaine, you're probably going to love it, too. We don't endorse that here. <laughs> Moving then on. We don't. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Um, we'll switch gears to talk. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a little Twitch talk, a little Twitch talk, and then you Speaking put the little Twitch talk thing on the screen, You're right? Um, all right. So Twitch is implementing its own panic button safety feature. This is from Ash Parish over at The Verge. Today, Twitch announced it's implementing a new safety feature that might feel familiar to streamers who battle against the hate raids that plagued the platform last year. Called Shield Mode, the new feature enacts an emergency lockdown of a creator's stream. Shield Mode is a little different from our other safety tools, Twitch said in in the announcement. While it does introduce some entirely new capabilities, its real power comes from the way it combines and levels up existing safety tools in one place. Shield Mode seems similar to the community-developed Panic Button, which was devised to combat the surge in hate raids that took place last year. With shield mode, streamers and their mods can choose settings that will mass ban chatters using a specific word or phrase or prohibit first-time chatters from speaking at all. Then, when the harassment wave is over, shield mode can be deactivated, returning the stream to its previous settings. One of the interesting features in Twitch's announcement of shield mode is that it recognizes and calls out the stressful balancing act marginalized streamers face when it comes to safety on the platform. Twitch's current safety tools like phone verified chat and its more mundane features like subscriber and follower or, or follower only mode are great at protecting creators from malicious attacks like hate, raids, or spam, but have an adverse effect on the channel's ability to grow. Twitch says shield mode is unique in that it will allow streamers to temporarily beef up their security with the touch of a button and with the same touch of a button return things to normal when the harassment wave passes. Twitch has long been dinged for its seemingly poor and slow response to creators who aren't in the top 0.01% of their streamer base, right? The the hashtag Twitch do better movement, which led to creators organizing a one-day boycott of the platform, emerged when streamers complained that the platform wasn't doing enough to protect or at least pro- proactively communicate with the black, brown, and LGBTQ plus streamers affected by a sharp uptick in harassment campaigns last year. Twitch seems to acknowledge this in its messaging around shield mode. In a quote, streamers who need online protection the most, including black and LGBTQIA plus streamers, disproportionately targeted by hate rates, often need online visibility the most. 
so particularly underrated, so particularly for underrepresented communities. We hope this will be a first step in helping you keep your community open and welcoming to new members while also maximizing your safety. Um, it's been a second or two since I've had opportunities to stream. Uh, I know that Pete, I think you had to deal with maybe some hate raids or two. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. they happen every so often a little bit of, we would see them, well, they scouted the channel. They scouted the channel, but I was able to put in the safety nets to get rid of them beforehand. So yeah, but it, it was definitely a real problem, uh, went against, you know, Attacked a lot of people. A lot of people stopped streaming after that. A lot of creators got lost. Um, so seeing this happen, it seems good. I, I It just barely happened, so I'm waiting to hear more about it. I have not had a chance to go ahead and fiddle with it myself. Um, just because, again, your boy's on his last legs. Uh, I don't got it in me. Uh, I'm fine to get to the podcast, and that's it. But like when I, when I would play with it a little bit, you know, we're about to go on the break pretty soon for a good few weeks, so I'm sure I'll jump on, probably play a few games here and there, or maybe, you know, enjoy myself. So we'll, we'll see what's on there. If I get, if I learn more and want to talk more about it, I'll definitely do so. But, yeah, I mean, it's nice to see. I don't... Should have happened sooner. It should have been much stronger, but it's good to see. It's... uh. Uh, I am I am not in any kind of position to I think speak much on this topic for its I, I guess how effective it's really going to be. Mm -hmm. um, I'm merely speaking my opinion. It feels like too little. It, it feels like too little, too late. And the reason yeah. why I say that is because um, it just by itself, just by itself. Uh, uh, just because there are so many, because of the need, there are so many tools that have been created, third-party tools, to assist with this issue, all because Steam, just Steam, Twitch, because Twitch didn't have it. I mean, and... they're about, as, about the same in terms of being a dead duck. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when Twitch puts that, I mean, you look at it and you're like, okay, that seems like a good tool. Good, fine. And they're saying that, uh, I think they said at the very beginning, uh, they said it's it's a it's a, I'm trying to find the phrasing they used. Uh, oh, it was at the end. So they said we hope this will be a first step in helping. So I would then expect them to continue to do more, and I hope that that trend continues. That will be where the good comes from. Uh, I I don't see this shield mode and go oh cool Twitch solved it, and I don't think anyone does. But um, yeah, seeing it in action will be at least nice to be able to comment more on it. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, because I, I think it'll most, be convenient. Most, most of those attacks, they're bots. They're they're typically like they'll target, and it'll be like a you know a bot script that goes ahead and does the attack. So even just the ability to be able to react quickly in such a way is still a you know life saving thing. So that's still great to see. Uh, uh, it's like you said, it's, it does feel a little too little, uh, too little too late, and also you can kind of tell they don't care. Like again, they don't care that much about people who aren't in their point zero one percent. Not even the the one percent, the point zero one percent. Like, yeah, the, that's, the that's not top good. Players like the yeah. top, tippity top. That's who hears from Twitch. Uh, everyone else is. I mean, you're lucky if the. You're you're lucky if the like the first level support can solve your problem. And the deals they make of who they do want to let be on the platform. Like we're we're on Twitch right now and everything, but in the coming year, like then you're in time off. If I can figure out how to go ahead and more neatly by the time we come back, get the YouTube streamings going as well, you might see some of that more happen more often too. So, like it's just a big thing of like they got a lot to do to earn back people's faith in there. So more to watch on this subject, I'd say. Um, I, by by no means a poor thing. This is, yeah, you know, a, a great. This this sounds like a, a great function, a great feature, something that someone yeah. will be able to have control and action. They can take action immediately on something that is happening. That'll probably feel good. Yeah, and the media interruption probably will end whatever action is happening against them. For the sake of once again, it's probably a bot command. So even a simple like trip over them is going to be really really good. Um, but yeah, no, it's. It's nice to see. It's just, it's just, 
at this point with the way they dragged their feet and the way they've clearly shown their motivations and the way they've clearly shown uh their thoughts on creators like it's kind of near impossible to be excited for like i know why they're doing it they don't care about me they're doing it because they have to yeah yeah that's how i'm feeling too yeah by the way, folks, I have I just super clear. I haven't stopped watching the trailers since we covered the story. Oh, like, the Mario I, I, one? Yeah, it's still going. Like, I I've watched this now like what thirty times since we started the story. Went on to this next story. I ain't stopped watching it. I can't wait for this goddamn movie. Ah, oh. yeah, it'll be a fun time. Uh, the go. little the little babu will probably be about. Four-ish months old at the time, and I'd say that's that's a that's a perfect time to introduce yeah, her to Mario. Yeah, that's, that's a good time for us to make her learn something. Yep. Yeah. Open your eyes, little one. It's not nap time right now. It's Mario time. Wahoo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen, you need to hear these words and start making noises, okay, kid? You just, yeah. just gotta learn this, all right? Just you... laying her little bassinet, going. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that's how you know you do it right. That's how you get. We're gonna start the uh, the obsession with Yoshi's. Get them young. Like this oh is a Yoshi. Goodness. If you're ever in trouble, it dies first. Oh no! It dies Next, first. Next, I'm going for so the Kirby. It, exactly. Like you, whenever, sweetie, this Yoshi is your best friend, your protector, your transportation. But if you are ever in danger, you pull that double jump and you let's let's fucker die. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, we did other things this podcast, sure, but I'm still watching the trailer. Anyway, folks, that's uh, that's the show for you this week. Uh, everyone say congratulations to Midas. This will be the last full show we have for them. Expected until February? I forget the date exactly. Yeah, it was sometime in there. I know we'll talk specifics as it gets in. Yeah. Because, you know, you know, baby. Yeah. Ba- yeah and, uh, some of the three older sisters with me. I know, baby. I yeah, know, baby. Baby, ba- baby, come when baby want. Yeah, baby, come when baby want. Baby decide you don't need them when they de- when they decide. Um, yeah. But, yeah. No, that's going to go ahead and be us. Uh, we will intend to all be here again at least one more time for the uh, Game Awards this coming Thursday. That's going to be, I believe, at 7 p.m. Central Time. But uh, we'll go up to take that as for you. As for myself, I will be back on Tuesday with Ultima for one more VG Weekly Roundup of that week. Again, there will not be a Wednesday show for an- for We We Trash Talk, as I'll be taking that time to prepare for Thursday. And then after Thursday, as a reminder, folks, you will have... Is it going to be two full weeks? December 9th, right? Yeah, December 9th, and then... Yeah. No, ap- then, so next week is going to be... No, after oh, after the week, yeah. so go into the 14th. The 14th uh, will be the last week of full-on regular shows, and then we'll have a shorter week on the week of the 21st. Tuesday, Wednesday will be our farewell shows before the winter break officially begins. So, bear that all in mind. Uh, all the episodes should be going up there again. When we come back in the new year, uh, we're going to have some new structures in terms of when we'll be going live with the shows, when we'll be posting them, make things easier. As mentioned before, my health has been in question, so we're going to be dealing with that as well. But yeah, I hope you guys have enjoyed the comeback as it is right now and everything. Uh, More to come, absolutely. Uh, Let's try and do it in the healthiest way possible. But other than that, um, I'm all set. Anything to plug minus before we go? Babu. Yeah, Babu. Babu. Do you think that the Koopas are going to stab anybody, like, really? Because they all have spears. Oh, my God. I hope hope there's, like, this, like, there's this, like, war scene at some point where the Koopas and the Toads are, like, like fighting each other and they're, like, stabbing and slapping each other. Yeah, absolutely. that That would make my day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, cause they got that, and then Peach has the fucking Halliburton of just like, like this, like no, no hands, kick it and catch it movement. 
Sorry, I could be here all day talking about this movie. I'm excited. But, thank you for joining us. Hope you had a good time, and we will catch you next time. Later!